Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, Lamotte Wine Estate in Franschhoek have spent the last month or so once again collecting some very impressive awards. They were recently awarded the Best Food and Wine Matching Experience by the Drinks International Wine Tourism Awards for 2013, as well as the Award for Sustainable Wine Tourism Practices from the Best of Wine Tourism Awards. And joining me on the line this evening is Hein Kuchlenberg and his CEO of Lamotte. Hein, good evening. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Karan. Good to be with you. And congratulations. You just seem to be raking in the awards. Yeah, you know, for us, it's a great privilege uh, to win this award second year in a row uh, with uh, the great wine capitals of the world. You know, as you know, it's a network of the world's leading uh, wine-producing countries that shares uh, international big best practices to advance standards in wine tourism across the world. Uh, and for us, it's uh, really a privilege uh, to win it the second year in a row. It's quite an impressive award, though, sustainable wine tourism practice, because that can't be a very easy thing to do. No, not really, but I think it started many years ago when we uh, we decided, Lamat, uh, to start it with organic farming. And uh, anything, everything that we farm or, um, and on the agriculture side, uh, we believe in uh, in organic. Sorry, Hein, are you with me? Yes. Oh, yes. sorry, I was getting a problem with my headphones here. Okay. Oh, sorry. And then, now this year, for the first time, is it the first time that you've won this award from Drinks International? No, we we um, we won of the with the Great One Capitals of the World. We won it for second year in a row, and with the Drinks International, we won it uh, for first year. Yes, the first year for the Drinks International. Yes. Now that's quite an impressive one because that was basically the best food and wine matching experience. So that was looking at the wines produced at Lamotte as well as what's happening in the restaurant, which is Pierneuf at Lamotte. You know, uh, we we also realized a couple of years ago you cannot cannot only sell wine uh, to. Uh, to tourists uh, visiting your estate, uh, you have to, to put something more on the table. And obviously, food and wine just go together, and uh, we decided uh, to focus into that. And uh, we have a good offering uh, with uh, food and wine that um, uh, win us that award. Now, the, the food and wine matching experience is not just one thing. You have quite a list of things that fall under that category. So just tell the listeners a little bit about what one can expect if we come out to Lamotte. You know, firstly, when you go to the to the tasting center, you get uh, food and wine matching, uh, and you have to book that in advance. And then, obviously, our restaurant focusing on the regionalized food concept, uh, and that's a food concept uh, that we believe uh, the Dutch people brought brought to South Africa many years ago, 1652, with Jan van Riebeek. And we did research uh, about the concept uh, and and the food, and we focus on that. Um, and then uh, um, we also do uh, the Cape Wineless Tea, uh, where you can have uh, a cake and, 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 um, and pastries uh, with tea and obviously wine as well. You also have the chef's table. That's actually quite nice, where the guests can actually work with the chef to develop the food and wine combinations. Now, that's an interesting concept, but it's an international concept where um, there's no menu um, you sit down with the chef, uh, design uh, your own menu with uh, with your guests, with the chef, and, and then you're part of the kitchen. Uh, and, and that's really one of uh, exceptional experience with uh, food and wine. We also put international wines with that concept. You also have a cookbook. I mean, the, the list just goes on here, Hein. I mean, you, you guys are really busy out there. I'm and not surprised. Part of, the, part of the research that we did for our um, um, 
Cape Wineless Cuisine concept, you know, regionalized food concept, was to, to research the recipes. And there's about 150 recipes from that uh, first period uh, that was researched. And yes, it's a, it's a modern interpretation of our chef now. Slightly. Uh, and uh, that is uh, really interesting dishes that you will taste at Pinea Falamot. So, as you say, this is the first time that you've won this particular, the wine and food pairing, the matching awards. Um, This is something that you have to work quite hard to maintain because you were up against some really tough competition. No, I, th- I think, you know, with, with South Africa, the food quality that we have is really exceptional. And, and if I, I travel a lot around the world and, and the quality of our food is just uh, really superior. Uh, so it's, it's re- we're really blessed uh, with um, the quality and then uh, just matching uh, the wine and uh, putting it together. So that's easy. And I was quite interested in some of the comments made by, I think, one of the judges who said that tourism is one of the most effective ways of marketing your products, services and facilities and wine lends itself perfectly to tourism and that is so true because I mean that brings a lot of people out to the winelands experience the whole winelands experience and they also get to taste all this fabulous wine we make here in South Africa yeah, no, for, for sure. If, if, if you look at the stats um, of people visiting uh, South Africa um, and you ask a question, and uh, that's according to the stats uh, from the Tourism Bureau in, in Cape Town, um, the majority of visitors to South Africa came for, for leisure, and that's 59%, uh, 57% of the visitors coming to South Africa is for leisure. Uh, obviously, 30% for business, but we have to focus on, on that leisure part. That's close to 60% of visitors uh, into South Africa. Um, and I I think our our job in the wine industry is to put a experience together. Um, and yes, the main focus is wine, but it cannot be only wine. Uh, because when I visit uh, a wine country, I, I need a, a full experience. And that is now starting from horse riding to um, a culinary experience to um, artist, ex- arty experience, uh, whatever experience uh, is on offer. And I think South Africa, the wineries in South Africa really have uh, a huge offering on the table at the moment. Because it's only in not that long ago that, that all you happened, all that happened if you went to a wine estate was you drank the wine. Now I'm looking at what is offered at Lamotte. I mean, there, you have classical music concerts and there's history, culture and art talks and there's all sorts of other things. It's, it's a much fuller experience now. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's what, I, what, what the wine industry realized in South Africa. Obviously, we have very diverse wine industry in, in, in South Africa. And, uh, and, but the offering that we put on the table now is really superior to, to any, any wine country that you will visit in the world at the moment. Now, sort of trips out of the winelands, one normally thinks it's a summer thing. Anything special happening out at Lamotte over this winter that's coming? Yeah, no, obviously we, we do have uh, our winter, winter menu coming up now and, and focusing much more on, uh, on soup and, uh, and dishes that uh, go well with, uh, with the cold temperature that we have. Uh, and yes, red wine is, is in in winter. So um, no, uh, we would like to visit us, visit us on the winter. Obviously, wintertime people doesn't um, uh, take a holiday that lot uh, in, in the Western Cape, and they don't visit uh, the wineries uh, that often. So um, uh, they must come and visit and experience uh, the experience at Lamotte. What's also nice, I like to go out in the winter to, to the winelands because there's not so many people, and you get to have, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something that isn't quite so crowded and you can enjoy a sort of a, a quieter time, it's actually, I pref- much prefer it, actually. So maybe I shouldn't have said that now because now everybody's going to go out there in winter. And it's no, not going to be so yeah, quiet anymore. The, I, th- I think the offering that we, we have at the moment is 
is much more personal and mm. uh, and uh, especially in winter time you can f- focus much more on, on on the quality of the service that you you provide and i think we we can still um uh, improve the quality that we have on offering um but that will come with experience and that will come with education uh, so obviously um we we still have a lot of, lot uh, to go and, and and we can still better the offering uh Hopefully we can do that in the next couple of years. Because one wonders how much better you can get here, huh? and you're doing so well already. Ah, you know, we we are we are really blessed with uh, living in in Frosuk Valley, one of the one of the most beautiful places in the world. Uh, and uh, yeah, to 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 live in in the winelands is like is is like holiday our life. You're making us all very jealous now. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> well, th- I must thank you so much for joining us on the show. Congratulations once again on all the awards, and hopefully we'll be talking to you next time. You win a whole batch of these. I'm sure won't be too long in the future. And uh, I hope you have a really successful winter season, Artis Lamotte. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you very much, Karen. I look forward to to receive uh, the award uh, tomorrow at Lamotte. Oh, wonderful! Congratulations. Thank, thank you. you for your time. Good night, thank you. you. Hein Kuchlenberg is CEO of Lamotte Wine Estate in Franschhoek. And for more information on Lamotte, you can take a look at their website. It's www.la-mot.com. So L-A-M-O-T-E.com. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, we're into the semi-finals of the Nedbank Cup and the second semi-final this evening between Platinum Stars and Supersport United. So we're going to go over to the Royal Buffer King Stadium now to find out what's happening with uh, Brian Moffat King. Brian, good evening. What's happening there? Good evening, Karen. 89 minutes of football being played already. One minute remaining in the game here. And the Super Sport United, who came from behind, but they're now leading by two goals to one. They went down one in the first half after 25 minutes of football being played. Then came the second half. It was uh, United that came in to equalize on the 51st minute with a brilliant shot taken by Kemet Erasmus. Then minutes later, it happened again. Then it was when it became 2-1 with Mulanga scoring. After what looked to be the final goalkeeper. And now there's more drama here. And uh, Rustenberg as a penalty has just been awarded to the home side. After a challenge had happened, and really, the United players and fans are not happy at the moment. But it looks like it could be going for extra time if they do score here on the 90th minute. Tusopala looks to be the man down at the moment for uh, Platinum Stars. So after 19 minutes of football played, with a penalty be taken by Platinum Stars, it is Super Sports United 2, Platinum Stars 1. Brandon Fukeng reporting for SAFM Sport. Thanks, Brian. Gosh, it sounds like it's all getting terribly exciting there now. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, I'm assuming you all remember that this coming Sunday is Mother's Day. And I've had a few uh, emails from people telling me about some events, some uh, special things happening on Mother's Day on Sunday. One was from the Odeverf Hotel. It's in Stellenbosch. And uh, they're offering a delicious menu to spoil mom this Mother's Day in the newly revamped 1802 restaurant, which is the perfect setting to enjoy the carefully prepared, would you believe, six-course menu. And their chef at the hotel, Albert van der Lue, believes that Mother's Day is a chance for moms to 
enjoy someone else's cooking, which I couldn't agree with more. Well, they've got two starter options on the menu, and the second course is a choice of two soups. As a third course, there's a you can choose between an amuse-bouche of salmon tartare with cucumber. I'm making myself hungry here. Quail, egg, and a lemongrass vinaigrette. There's a beef tartare served with egg yolk and a red wine reduction or a lighter option of an apple mint sorbet. And then for mains, there's a choice of three mains. And then there's a choice of two desserts. And the cherry on top is the hotel special offering whereby mothers stay free at the hotel as long as they are accompanied by another adult and a child under 12 years old. And the offering only applies to new reservations. So you couldn't have booked something before and suddenly tried to change it to that. So mothers are, can stay free as long as they're accompanied by another adult and a child under 12. And this runs throughout the month of May. So if you'd like to find out more about the lunch on Sunday or about this wonderful accommodation offer, you can phone the Oda Verf Hotel in Stellenbosch on 021-887-4608 or you can email them at restaurant at odeverfhotel.co.za. And then I got an email from the Vineyard Hotel, and um, apparently at the Vineyard Hotel, the Square Restaurant at the Vineyard Hotel and Spa is also offering a delectable yet pocket-friendly lunch for mothers on Sunday. And um, that's a three-course menu with two mouth-watering choices per course. There's also two just literally mouth-watering, delectable desserts on the menu. The lunch is 250 five rand per person and if you'd like to find out more about that event you can contact the Vineyard Hotel and Spa on well you can actually look at their website it's www.vineyard.co.za and then the Trees Restaurant at the Townhouse Hotel and Conference Centre in Cape Town is offering a buffet lunch menu for moms and for families to celebrate Mother's Day on Sunday and the restaurant's Michelin trained executive chef Stefan Schmidt has composed a menu consisting of tasty delights designed to spoil moms and you can when you arrive, there's a welcoming glass of wine. Diners then can commence their culinary journey with a choice of two heartwarming soups and two plated starters before tucking into the buffet's selection of mains. And once the guests have completed their buffet indulgence, the Mother's Day meal ends on a decadent note with dark chocolate and mint delice and accompanied by tea or coffee. And if you'd like to find out about that lunch, you can email trees at townhouse.co.za or call them on 21 Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, Workaway International started in 1999 as a way to meet the demand for seasonal workers in the USA and to provide young people with an opportunity to travel overseas and gain international work experience in five-star establishments all the time earning dollars. Well, that sounds fabulous, doesn't it? Well, to tell us more, I'm joined now by Charlotte Quinette Mankies, and she's head of Workaway International in South Africa. Charlotte, good evening. Welcome back to the show. Good evening, Karen. Thanks for having me. Well, I don't know. I'm, so, I'm sort of hungry now after talking <laughs> about all those lunches that are coming up. <laughs> oh, delicious. <laughs> so, um, you've been on the show before, and we've talked about Workaway before, but it's always good just to remind people about this wonderful opportunity. And you've currently on on the go now with all your presentations and people can come along. We've missed this, the Cape Town one, but there's still ones coming up in Durban, Johannesburg and Port Elizabeth. Yes, and there are still some more coming up in Cape Town Oh, are well. there? Okay, great. Yes. Right, so just for those who don't know what Workaway International is all about, just tell people what you do. Well, what we do is we send um, the young South Africans over to the United States um, to do six-month contracts at five-star country clubs. Um, and they go over during the months of October through to April, May of next year, 
um, during the winter season in Florida, which actually is actually re- really their most important season, and they spend the six months working there in various positions. So who is actually eligible to apply for this? What Do you need specific qualifications? Do you need training in certain fields? How does it work? Well, we really are looking for um, people between the ages of 18 and 29. And if you're applying for a waitron or a server, a server or waitron or chef position, you can be up to the age of 35. We're obviously looking for people with good attitudes. That for us is one of the most important criteria that we look for when we interview because we believe that the people with good attitudes are going to really do well on our program. And obviously you need to be hardworking and dedicated, um, you know, and, and really just be enthusiastic and have a big smile. And, and if you're applying for a server or a chef position, obviously have experience relevant for those positions. You know, it's not all just about going to work over there because working away from home and working in a situation that possibly could be a little different to what you've experienced here in South Africa, it, it's really good personally for personal growth. I'm almost sure it, it must be really good for that. Oh, it, it is, it's amazing. I mean, I think just the, you know, just the, to gain that international experience makes a person so much more employable, both back here in South Africa And, you know, I really believe it improves people's career opportunities because when a person's going for an interview, when they come back to South Africa, you know, immediately you see this international exposure on the resume and the employer immediately thinks that this person's got initiative, they've got the guts and the courage to leave their support structures and systems back here in South Africa and head overseas and spend a period there. So I think from a career point of view, it's amazing. And I think just, you know, broadening your travel horizons and experiencing different cultures and countries just makes you more adaptable and flexible. And, and then I think the, the, one of the most important um, things about going overseas, whichever program people choose, is that you build these lasting friendships and then you network, which, you know, the world's so small today that those networks are so important for future careers. The other thing about Workaway, though, Charlotte, is that, you know, if people go overseas to work, you normally go over there and you just go over there. Mm. When you go with Workaway, you don't just send them there and leave them there. You, the support structure follows them all the way over there. Yes, it does. I mean, we have offices here in Cape Town, and then we have an office um, with a lot of staff in Palm Beach, um, which is in Florida. And a lot of our country clubs, or most of our country clubs during the winter program, are actually centered around Palm Beach. So when you're there, we don't just say goodbye to you when you leave. South Africa, but we're there with you on that side as well. So the support structures are great on both sides, which I think is a, a big advantage of our program. So now when do you go? This You said it's from October, is it? Yes. We're starting our presentations and our recruitment drive now. We've just started, which is fantastic, and we had a great turnout on Saturday in Cape Town. Um, and we will be recruiting up until August, and then the country clubs actually come out and select their own staff, and then we start sending people to the consulates in September, and then they start flying from October through to early November. Now, what about cost? Because people are sitting there thinking, well, this is just going to cost me an absolute fortune. Yeah, well, we send people over on what we call an H2B visa, which is a seasonal work visa, and that allows you to work for about six months in the States. And part of the rules of the H2B visa is that you cannot actually pay to go and work in the United States. So the costs um, that, we, that you would have to pay up front are the costs to the consulate, which would be your visa processing fee, which is $190, and then, your visa, and then your visa reciprocity fee, which is a further $85. But when you get to the States, the nice thing that is within your first month of employment, you get all that money back. So the program really is not costing you anything. 
It almost sounds too good to be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People always say if it's too good to be true, it usually is. But in this case, it is true. It, it is. And, you know, the other thing that's also included is the flight, which I think is a big bonus. Um, and once again, the country club, the employer, uh, pays for the flight to the United States and back. Right, so now we're going overseas. We've never been, I'm saying we, I mean, I just wish I could. I don't fall within, I I like to say that because then it makes me think I might just go, but I'm not going anywhere. But for those who will be going, uh, there there are some tips that you, I'm sure, would like to impart. Yes, well, I I think the most important thing is first, whatever you decide to do, make sure that you're working with a reputable agency. Um, Google, go to the presentations, and then speak to people who've actually worked through that agency because the worst thing is to arrive there and then the whole experience is not what you were told it was going to be. Mm. And then I think the second thing is try and make contact with the employer that you're going to be working for overseas um, and you know, try and Skype them, have one-on-one telephonic conversations with them so that at least you make contact before you actually arrive there. And then for me, what's so important is that one's got a plan, one's a trip. Critically important. Plan where you, you know where you're going to be going. Plan your wardrobe. Plan your suitcase. And then I think finally, which I say to all the participants, is be organised. Make sure you've got your paperwork together. We do assist with the whole visa processing um, um, part of the of, of the program. But you know, we say get your passport. Make sure you've got your your flight ticket. Make sure you've got your insurances and everything up to date before you go. So the organisation is very important. One of the big things as well, especially if it's an 18-year-old, sort of just finished school, never been away from home, never gone overseas alone, there's always this thing about homesickness. How do you not get homesick? You do get homesick. And I think, you know, people get homesick um, over Christmas and New Year. Mm. But the benefit is that you are with a whole lot of other South Africans, people from Ireland, people from Romania. So you're a big family, and your friends that you go over with or the friends that you make when you're on the program become your family for those six months. And I think the friendships that you make as a result of all experiencing the same emotions about being away from home hugely outweigh that homesickness at the end of the day. Do you all stay together when you're over there, Charlotte? Yes. So if you go into a particular club, all those employees would stay at a particular complex. And the, the, the accommodation is really of a very nice standard. You stay in security complexes where you'll share two or three bedroom flat with um, another person in your bedroom. And obviously, if it's a two bedroom flat, then four people. Otherwise, a three bedroom flat would have six people in the flat. So you do stay together with the people that you are going to be working with. So you're not going to be left alone anyway? No, 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 no. And we set that all up for for our participants. It's all ready and waiting for them when they actually get there. And for mom and dad who are sending their 18-year-old off overseas for the first time, they can know that there is a lot of support from Workaway when you get there. What if there's a problem over there, there is somebody that they can turn to over there? Always. And plus, we we have an office that is open year-round in South Africa. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, and parents are continuously phoning us just to chat and tell us how it's going. So we are communicating with everyone constantly via Facebook and Twitter. And once you're six months up, is there any chance you could stay on? You could reapply from there. Do you have to come back? What is the situation after yes, that? Well, well, we run two programs, this winter program, which we're recruiting for now, and then we have a summer program. And you will apply for that program when you're in the States on our program in January next year. And you could go to uh, some clubs up north. Um, we've got clubs in Illinois, New York, Chicago. And so they apply there, and then some of them get to go for, the, for a further six months up north, which is a, another fantastic opportunity. Is that then the limit of how long you can no, be? No, no, no. You can then go back to Florida and do a further six months, and you can do, this, um, you can do six seasons like that. 
Gosh, and that there is a time age limit, though, on it. Do you want to hit 35 in certain cases? That's well, you, no, not really, but we oh. sort of stick to 35 because we feel that we don't want to, our, our, you know, our age group mustn't be too big because then causes problems in the apartments and all that sort of thing. Oh, right, so we've yes. We've sort of mm. chosen that target market as our target market. Yeah, you don't sort of want an 18-year-old with a 50-year-old exactly. and the 18-year-old's <laughs> trying to party <laughs> and the 50-year-old's well. trying to go to sleep. You know, it's exactly. not really going to work. Exactly. <laughs> How many have you had a lot of applications so far yet for this, the season coming up? Oh, we, we've had a, a huge amount of applications. On Saturday at our presentation, there were about 500 people at the presentation. Wow. But we are looking for quality people. So, you know, um, we started the process and we hope we can meet a lot more people along the way for the how, next three months. How many do you take altogether? Well, we're going to be sending 600 um, participants over. Okay, so there's, you know, if you have the right qualifications, you do stand a relatively good chance if you're the right person exactly. to be one of 600. That's quite a lot. Yes. Well, you've got a very busy time ahead of you, Charlotte. And if people wanting to find out where and when all these uh, seminars or, or talks yes. are going to be, will that all be on your website? It's all on our website. I'm very welcome to call us as well. And, you know, join us on Facebook. Um, yeah. And you could be going off to have a wonderful time in America. Exactly. Gosh, and I, always, I keep wishing I was younger. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us on the show, and uh, good luck with this year's uh, crop of uh, South Africans going off to the States. Sounds thank wonderful. You. Thank you so much, Karen. Thanks, ha- thanks so much you. for your time. Okay, Good bye-bye. night to you. Bye-bye now. Charlotte Quinette-Menkes is head of Workaway International South Africa, and for more information on the program, as well as to find out more about the dates of the presentations, you can take a look at the website. It's www.workawayinternational.co.za, workawayinternational.co.za, or you can call their office on 0861-WORKAWAY, 0861-WORKAWAY. But don't worry if you forget or you don't catch any of these details. It will all be on the Facebook page, Travel on SAFM. Time to travel with Karen Key. Well, joining me in the studio now, I have Andrew Thompson. He's CEO of My Destination Cape Town. And Kira McAvoy, who I don't really want to talk to because she makes me very jealous. She's the only finalist from the African continent in the biggest, baddest, bucket list competition. Before I talk to you, Kira, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having us. Andrew, welcome to you. Nice to be here again. Well, before we get to Kira and this wonderful thing, do you tell us about the biggest, baddest bucket list competition from my destination yeah. point of view. I mean, I was here a couple of weeks ago, mm. and uh, that was sort of during the infancy of the competition. Before we knew about Kira. Exactly. Mm. And so the whole drive then was to get local entries in, um, and it really just it exceeded our expectations. We had thousands of entries from around the world, um, loads from Cape Town um, and Joburg particularly. Um, and yeah, it was a huge success. It went really well. Um, essentially what it was, for those of you that didn't know it, it was a competition where we're giving someone the chance to travel around the world, all expenses paid, for six months. Um, and that's basically where we're at at the moment. Mm, and Kira's in the, in the running. <laughs> in the top ten, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So basically we got videos from around the world and the judges in London, based in London, then chose the top ten from around the world. Um, so there's a bunch of countries and destinations um, represented and Cape Town's one of them, which really chuffed about. So Kira's video got... A really good, really good ranking from the social media side and from the judges. But and that's not the end of the story. We still now have to vote. Yeah. So the way it works Which now. I have done. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, good work. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> first, first test pass. Um, so yeah, now it's a question of getting as much support um, from around the world as possible, so that people can see that everyone's rallying behind Cape Town, rallying behind South Africa, and I guess Africa uh, as a whole. 
but now so Kira's off to London. You're off to London yes, quite soon, I'm and this so is the excited. final sort of. What is this like an interview process? What happens when you get there? Um, they haven't actually told us much about. We're this keeping week. it a secret. It's uh, oh, a lot of surprises yeah. coming oh. up. Apparently, it's a big secret, so we have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. But I know that we meet the judges and we get to meet the other finalists, and I've seen their videos, and they're all so super talented. So I'm excited to meet all of them and share video tips and editing tips. So that'll be really but exciting. But you, you've got a little bit of an advantage here. Didn't you study filmmaking? I did. I studied mm. film production at UCT. So so I guess I do have a little bit of an advantage. But it seems like a lot of the finalists are videographers or travel bloggers. So everybody has kind of their own thing that they can bring to the competition. Because, Andrew, the whole thing about this is that wh while they're traveling, it's not all just about having a fabulous time. They're going to be working, yeah. which makes me feel just a little bit better. Yeah, we're putting that to work. <laughs> they're going to have to be filming everything. They're going to have to be blogging all the time. So there is a little bit of quid per quo, quid per quo here. Yeah. 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 I mean, the essence of it is that they're going to be representing, you know, my destination around the world. Mm. So, But the people that we've chosen are all people that it'll, it'll come very naturally to them. So yeah. I can't imagine Kara going... You know, oh, this is really hard. I don't want to film yeah. this. I don't want to, you know, do something like crazy. Like for me, filmmaking is not work. Like I love shooting and I love editing. So, I yeah. it's 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 my passion. It's what I love to do. So I don't see it as work, and I don't see it. Yeah. I, I'd just be so, so excited. So you're going to go off and have fun anyway? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the London side of things is going to be great fun as well. It's, mm. it's basically all expenses paid as well. So that's, uh, that's going to be a holiday for everyone going and, and hanging out in London. Um, so that'll be worth following as well. The quality yeah, of the entries, I mean, I've, I had a look from the, in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I was looking at quite a lot of the entries, and the quality of the entries was pretty high. So, I mean, to get in, yeah. Kira, was, was quite an achievement. Unbelievable. I couldn't actually believe it when I found out. Um, I, I got an email a week before um, they gave us the final results saying that I'd made it to the, to the I think it was a shortlist, a shortlist. Yeah. I didn't know how many people were in the shortlist and I was like, oh my gosh, I've made it to the shortlist. I don't know what this means. Like, am I going to make it to the top 10? And then on that Monday, I got the call from Neil and, you know, he was like, well done. You made it, you know, you made it so far. You made it to the top 30. You should be so proud of yourself that you made it to top 30. But the bad news is, unfortunately, you're going to be anxious for another five weeks because you're coming to London. And I literally, like, I almost passed out. I was so excited and in so much shock. I was just so, so excited. I couldn't believe it. But for my destination, Cape Town, I mean, this is a huge coup. Yeah, it's great because obviously at the moment what we're doing now is giving Cape Town a really good footprint around the world. So we've been running around doing really cool things as well. Um, getting good exposure for the local tourism industry. Um, and it's, it's just great to get out there and put Cape Town on an international platform as well. So people from around the world are watching these videos, um, looking how cool Cape Town is, seeing what you can do. Um, and it's really just a whole, you know, it's just kind of tapping into that kind of genre of things. So people are watching the videos, reading the blogs, getting really excited about the city. It's not, as you said, it's not just all about Kira winning this amazing prize. I'm, I'm being very positive here now, you winning the prize. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, it's, it's a lot more for local tourism as well. It's, it's sort of the best of both worlds here. Yeah, I mean, that's the idea, is that we really wanted to show off what Cape Town has to offer. Um, and that's really what made the, the top 10 videos so good, is that each one of them had uh, their own individual flavors of, of what they loved about their city, um, particularly in terms of things to do and things to see and things to eat. Those are the kind of the main themes that came through. Um, 
and so it's all about that. It's about the people on the ground representing their cities. Um, and that's basically what my destination is about as well. You know, people on the ground uh, directly close to the action. Well, I must tell you, Kira, I mean, I loved your video and I actually learned something. I'm a born and bred Cape Town and like yes. to think I know most things about Cape Town. I didn't realize there was a gourmet brie roll place in Long Street. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, really? I am going there. Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't it's know that until I watched your video. Restaurant. Oh, I then think I don't it's feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't have to worry. <laughs> I think it's... It's a couple a of years might, old. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? It's about a year, maybe. No, you, say, say a year. Because a year. I don't feel... Yeah. A couple of yeah. years, I feel bad. I didn't know But it, it is amazing. You definitely should, should try it out. They've got so many different toppings. And I think five different types of vorses that you can choose from. So it really is a place you should go to if you want to try South Africa's vorse. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I mean, and this is in Long Street in Cape Town. Well, people can go and look at your video. I mean, it's up yes. there. Go and have a look at it. I've yes. watched it a couple of times. It yeah. gives me goosebumps, actually. I get very patriotic when I watch it. Well, I mean, that was the mm. whole, that was what really got us as well, is that we watched, and there are a couple that did it as well, that you watched them and you actually felt proud to be in Cape Town and you go, you know, that's our city. You know, you don't really see it from that perspective every day. There was, mm. I think it was an American girl who did hers yeah. on Cape yeah. Town as well. Yeah. And she I did shark cage diving as, as mm, well. That's yeah. right, yeah. yes. Yeah. I thought, gosh, why are you promoting? It was wonderful, actually, an American <laughs> promoting Cape yeah. Town. And I mean, even though it's even though it wasn't, um, she wasn't in Cape Town mm. at the time. It's just great to see people that are so passionate about mm. the city. Even if they're sitting in LA, they're willing to make a video and go out and put themselves out there on the line for Cape Town. And I think that's what the city does, really. Absolutely, it inspires that sort of thing. So I mean, this was, but it was quite a, a last-minute thing for you. You you hadn't sort of thought about this for months and thought, well, I will enter. It was almost a very much last-minute yeah, type I mean, of thing for I you. I actually saw it on a, a film website that I usually go to to look at upcoming film festivals. And I saw the competition on there and I was like, okay, I saw the prize and I was like, I've got to enter this thing. So the next day I got a friend to help me and I think we shot it in two days. We just went around Cape Town to all the places I thought would showcase Cape Town really well. And then I was, I edited it in about a day and I just got it up there as soon as possible. So it was quite a last minute thing, um, but I really put a lot of work into it in those few days that I had. <laughs> well, I was reading an article about you in one of our local papers here, and these are some of the things that Kira would like to do if she wins this prize, because she gets to go all over the world and she gets to choose what she does. And some of the things, I'm hoping they've quoted you correctly in this article, Kira. She says oh. she'd like to eat frog's legs in France. Yes. She, she'd like to share a meal in the dark in London, visit a ghost city in the Ukraine, and watch a movie on a floating cinema in Thailand. Yes, I would, I, yeah, I would definitely acceptable. love, yes. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I would love to do all of those things and more. I have a, I, I'm building up my list of things to do. Is this part of this, I don't know, you, you won't tell us what they're going to do to them when they get there, but this interview process thing in London, do you have to give them some idea of what you have got planned in your own head for if you win this, this Well, prize? actually, in the next video that I'm making, because also for the competition, we've had to come up with videos every week. So if your listeners oh, right. subscribe to my blog, then they can have a look at the videos that I've posted in the last few weeks about the competition. And for next week, my last video will be about the top 10 places that I want to visit. Um, for my destination's biggest, baddest bucket list. So in that next video, I'll be talking about the things that I really, really want to do. And where do they find your blogs? I've just got the place they have to go and vote on. Where do they find your blog? So my blog is the impaladiaries.wordpress.com. Oh, nice. 
impalodiaries.wordpress.com. Yes, and on my blog, you can see all my latest videos. You can see my blog posts on, on places I want to go and activities I want to do if I win. And I'd love to hear from South Africa um, what they think I should do. If they have any crazy activities that they've done around the world that they can tell me about, I'd love to, to hear about some crazy fun activities to uh -huh. do. How does this, is it a sort of a scoring points thing? So is this part of the the points, if you like, go to what she's doing now, and part of it is from us voting. Yeah. How important is the voting thing? At the moment, it's it's all about um, the contestants showing what they're made of, um, that they're willing to put themselves out there to to go wild in their own cities, um, and that they, they can present to Cameron and do all the additional videos. And the spin-off of that is all into these votes and these, these you know, show of support from the, the customers, I mean, the viewers. So essentially what it is is, yeah, it's important. And um, the more that, that Kara can show that uh, Cape Town's behind her. Um, well, it should be South Africa's her. behind her. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We're doing our best down here, but the rest exactly. of the country needs I forget, to vote. Yeah. She's the only one from the whole continent. I forgot that. Yes. For goodness sake. So we the, all need to vote. The more that she can show that, uh, mm. the better for the judges and the, the more motivation it's going to be for her to go through uh, to be there. Can we only vote party. once? Uh, you could probably make another Facebook account and vote twice. <laughs> oh, right. Or okay. get all your friends to vote. <laughs> yeah. Your grannies, your grandpas, everybody that you know. Please, I really need South Africa to back me in this competition. Yeah. It would be fabulous to have a Cape Townian and a South African or someone from the African continent It'd be great. Yeah. winning this. It, it would just be absolutely be remarkable. Yeah. And completely life-changing for me. So, What are you going to win if you win? When you win, I'm trying to be very So, yeah. if I win, then I'll get to choose 25 destinations that I want to visit around the world, travel to all those places in six months, making travel videos, and then when I get home, I get 50,000 US dollars. Which, yeah. yeah. After they've just paid for you to travel around the world. Exactly. It's, it's unbelievable. It is ridiculous. Yeah. It's really a life changer. It is completely ridiculous. But this isn't just all about you guys, about my destination. You're working in, in conjunction with quite a number of partners as well. Who's all working yeah, with you on this? Yeah, I mean, we're working with a couple of, of big international sponsors as well. Um, and they're all doing their own part. Um, but in essence, it's a My Destination project. Mm. We really just want to motivate uh, people to go and visit the site and get engaged with it and to share their own ideas and their own experiences. And, and from that, we're building up a whole community of, of like-minded travelers and, and enthusiastic you know, people that are, that are passionate about travel, um, whether you would be willing to make a video and travel around the world or whether you're just an armchair traveler. You know, there's, there's a lot of that sort of emphasis on, on the site. So how much input time. do you guys have on her decisions or help her to plan this trip? Um, the trip will be her decision. Um, so essentially, we obviously going to work with her to make sure that it's a realistic itinerary. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's all about her own excitement and, and motivation. And, and that's really what's going to drive it. Um, so yeah, I mean, basically, we're giving them the trip of, of their choice. Uh, and that's that's the essence of it. So it's wow. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing held. Nothing's going to be held back. We just, you know, we want to make it the best possible trip uh, for the person, uh, and that'll translate into great viewing material for the people Absolutely. sitting at home following it. And will you be travelling on your own? Yes, you, I, I will be travelling on my own. But I think that's really good because it kind of pushes you to meet new people and really put yourself out there. And I think if I did win, I'd really, really want to push myself to do things I don't, I, I wouldn't usually do, you know, and really put myself out there. Have you traveled a lot already in your life? I traveled a lot when I was younger. I went on a lot of family trips, but the family trips kind of ended, I think, when I was 18, where my parents were like, okay, you're old enough to kind of like make your own trips, pay for your own trips. 
um, and then I've studied for four years. So this is actually the perfect time for me to get out there, see the world. Um, so yeah. Anything that worries me about this, Kerry, are you going to come home? <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably just carry on touring the world. As long as you represent Cape Town from wherever you end up. Exactly. That's what counts, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. Wherever I go, I'll be wag <laughs> waving that South African flag and telling everybody African about Yeah, exactly. Sort of a travel ambassador for South Africa. Exactly. Okay. I, will I think be. that's it. And, and the essence of it is that South Africa has really got a good international footprint at mm. the moment. But the more we can get out there with, with innovative things like this, the better. So it'd be great to see a South African traveling around the world, representing the country and going, you know, I'm from South Africa, answering all the questions and then representing South Africa to everyone else. And that's really the essence of it as well, is taking South Africa to the world. And does South African tourism or Cape Town tourism have any input into this? It, no direct input. We've been working very closely with Cape Town tourism, who've done a lot of, a lot of good work with us. Um, and they're very enthusiastic about the project as well. So um, they're on board. They've been getting it, uh, getting it out there. So there's a lot of material on the Cape Town tourism website as well. But from a, an official capacity, they've, they've, they couldn't get involved directly, but they've been very supportive and very helpful. Um, so it's been great. It's been great. It's been great to see everyone rally behind the competition mm. and initially sort of going, well, you know, it sounds a bit weak to going, this is actually an amazing opportunity to promote the city, the country, um, and generally online travel and travel guides. Um, and that's the essence of it. Absolutely. And lots of support, I would imagine, from family and friends for you, Kira. Yes. And it's actually really cool. I've been getting messages from people from around the world telling me that they enjoy my videos um, and just chatting to me. And that's just really exciting. And it's just cool to, to get that feedback, you know, from people around the world that don't even know that enjoy my work, enjoy what I'm doing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's actually been such an incredible opportunity for me to even just make it this far in the competition. I've learned so much. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really been awesome. So we've got just a few more days. What about seven days till we know? Yeah, you fly off on Thursday. On, on Thursday, Tomorrow. I'm flying. Yeah. Tomorrow? No, 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 no next, next Thursday, Thursday, next Thursday. Okay. No, there's a lot to fit in before okay. then. We've got, we've got a lot yeah, of the I've guys, got so some yeah. exciting activities coming up yeah. that you'll see in my last video. Well, yeah. we need to keep an eye on all of that and to follow it on the MyDestination.com website, I'll give you those addresses. Andrew and Kira, thank you so much for thank joining you. me in the studio. Thanks so much for having us. all the best. Thank you so we much. We are rooting for you. Thank you. South Africa, South Africa please <laughs> vote for me. <laughs> right, well, let me just remind you that was Andrew Thompson. He's CEO of My Destination Cape Town and Kira McAvoy, and she's the only finalist from the African continent in the biggest, baddest bucket list competition. Now, you all need to go right now. Well, actually, wait till the end of my show, <laughs> 10 o'clock. You can go and vote for Kira. You go to www.mydestination.com forward slash Cape Town. You click on the words biggest, baddest bucket list. It's on the left-hand side of the page. You'll see a strip of photos of the finalists. Kira's the one with the red hat. You click on her <laughs> picture, and when her page opens, watch the video. It's fabulous. And then click on the green link that says support and follow this finalist. And South Africa, we need all of you to vote. All of you need to go and vote. She needs as many votes as possible. And while you're waiting to hear whether she's won, and I'm sure she's going to, you can read her blog. You can go to the Impala Diaries. .wordpress.com Time to travel with Karen Key. I'm joined on the line this evening by Michelle Abraham and she is sales and marketing for Rani Resorts. Now you might have heard of Rani Resorts. They are unashamedly indulgent. It's one of those wonderful places where you can go and just should be on your bucket list. They're distinctly individual and they are set in some of Africa's most exotic locations. And tonight we're going to be speaking about the Lugenda Wilderness Camp, which by all accounts is an absolute birder's paradise. Michelle, good evening. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, good evening. Thank you for having me. So, first of all, let's just ascertain where is the Luganda Wilderness Camp? Whereabout is it situated? It's in northern Mozambique. I don't think people understand how big Mozambique is, but the Lugenda Wilderness Camp is situated in the Nyasa Reserve, which is about 42,000 square kilometers, which is twice the size of the Kruger Park. So people, that gives people a really good idea of actually how big this reserve is. And it borders with Tanzania, which also has obviously a history of, of great wildlife. And I think also people don't understand that um, Mozambique has great wildlife of its own. One of the things that Lugenda is is renowned for is is the birding opportunities. And uh, the season for 2013 opened, I think, on the 1st of May. I mean, there are lots of birders in South Africa. They love going to have a look at the birds. What is there and how many species can they see when they get there? There are over 300 species, May, June and November being the peak periods um, for birding in Lugenda or the peak birding season. And the key species um, that birders would be interested in are the pearls fishing owl and the African pitcher or otherwise also known as the Angolan pitcher. Okay, which means for me, who isn't a birder, absolutely nothing. But I'm sure those who are listening who are birders are probably going, oh, yes, I want to go and see that. So, But the thing, the thing about Lugenda, though, um, Michelle, it's not just all about the birding, which is a big part of it. But there's lots more to see and do up there than just the birding. So what else yeah. can you see? I mean, what about game, big game? Is there a lot of big game up there? The Nyasa Reserve doesn't have the big five, and it's certainly not a destination for somebody who wants to tick off the big five. So we don't promote it as a destination where people, for first-time safari travelers, it is really for people who have already experienced the big five and have a complete passion for the African bush. Um, at Lugenda, you can have a mix of canoeing safaris. We have mobile camping. They do overnights on, on mountains under the stars. Um, you can do bushwalks. You can do ordinary game drives. They actually have caves where they have discovered Batwa pygmy paintings. So there is so much that you can do. And, and the, the other beauty about the, the, the destination itself is that it really is untouched and undiscovered. You know, to go to this sort of destination, you realize that you are among pioneers. They really haven't been a lot of people that have been there before and the staff so the team of guides that we have and the camp manager they are so passionate about the area they've been there for years you know they know where to take the guests and and give them a really good personalized experience if we've got guests that you know maybe they're not birders or they are birders they'll tailor make it to the guest requirements and what they want to do for the day or for the, for the week that they're staying. So, for instance, if you're a birder, they could drop you off at one of the bird hives where you could spend, you know, your whole day if you like. Um, if you're not into birding, you'll be able to go and do the canoe safaris or bushwalks and get to learn more about the fauna and flora of the area. We've also been fortunate. I'm not selling it as a big five game reserve as such. We do have the, the other or the big four, if you can call them that. And there are instances where you could see lion and leopard. We've had leopard in camp before. It's just we don't promote it as such because people do get disappointed if they feel they are promised you know, to see the lion or the leopard and they don't get to see it. So, again, just to emphasize, it really is It's about the uniqueness of, of the destination and it's not a place for first-time safari travelers. What about the accommodation? Because you mentioned that you do have things like the mobile camps and all sorts of other yes. excursions that are outside of the, of the main accommodation. So what does yes. the actual accommodation at um, Lugenda actually consist of? It consists of eight East African-style tents, 
Um, they are beautiful. They've got towering fig trees over them. And, you know, they have all your mod cons as per a normal safari camp. You have your communal dining area and a boma area where you all have your dinners and your lunches. That is if you're not, you know, out on a game drive and having a picnic lunch or out on the mountaintop having, you know, sundowners and then having a like a barbecue dinner. You were mentioning the sort of going out on these mobile, having these mobile camps. But, you know, when people think about going out on a mobile camp, sleeping under the stars, that's not what you're going to get when you go to Legenda because it's it's a mobile camp and literally reeking of luxury. I mean, you have the option to sleep under the stars. There's mattresses and cotton linen. I mean, who takes mattresses and cotton linen camping? Not us. But if you go up to Legenda, that's what you're going to get. Yes, it, it is. It is glamping, as such. Where at least you know everything is. Oh, what was that? I love that. What did you call it? Glamping. Glamping. Yes. Oh, I love that. terminology. <laughs> glamorous camping. It's certainly up my alley. I love that. I think I might actually go back to camping again. Yes, I agree. It's like I said. It's, it's certainly my t- my style of camping. My husband always maintains that anything less than a four-star hotel for me is roughing it, you know. So the thought of actually going camping in a tent and lying on the ground seriously does not enchant me in the least. But if I can go glamping, this is a whole new thing now. I think I'll, I'll uh, quite like that. Yes, well, you, your husband and my husband should never talk. Then. My <laughs> husband would agree agree with your husband for me as well. But yeah, you like it's very it's very luxurious on the fact that everything is pre set up for you. It's, it is more rustic, obviously, than staying in in camp itself in the in the tents. Um, but they prepare the most amazing food, and you know, you, you with with the scenery and with the guides being able to educate educate you on the destination and, and where you are. It really is an amazing and incredible experience to be able to have that time in the bush where you're not um, inundated with cell phone calls and internet messages. It really, really is a, a complete escape. Now, I mentioned that the season opened on the 1st of May. Are you not open all year round at Legenda? No, unfortunately not. Uh, we close from the beginning of December until April due to the rainy season. Um, the camp actually is situated on the banks of the Lugenda River, which, um, you know, between May and July is full. And then obviously as the season goes on, it gets it does become a dry riverbed. So unfortunately, we're not able to take guests in the rainy season. Otherwise, you might not be able to get out unless you'd like to canoe your way back down. <laughs> So you closed from the beginning of December until the? Until the end of April. Until the end of April. What is the weather like in the time that people go up there anyway when you are open? What is the weather like? Is it very, very hot? It does get very hot in November um, and obviously beginning December. That is that is quite a, a warm time. But the other months, you know, we're very fortunate, you know, for South Africans particularly wishing to escape the cold winter months. It is still warmer in the South African winter months. So if you go in June, July, August, it still is lovely and pleasant up up in the north of Mozambique. And at least um, it's not too hot. So, you know, for, for people who don't like that excessive heat, I would definitely recommend going between May and September, October. And the other interesting thing, Michelle, is that they have their own private airstrip. So it's quite easy to fly in from Pemba International Airport. Yes, that is correct. And there are um, almost daily flights from Johannesburg or Tambo into Pemba. You can fly with Airlink or Air Mozambique, the national carrier. From Pemba, you would take a light aircraft transfer, um, which is about 90 minutes. So it's, it's a lengthy flight. But as you fly into Lugenda, it is incredible. You fly in amongst these Inselberg mountains. Um, and like I've said before, the scenery at Lugenda is really captivating. Um, so, you know, everything 
works out quite easily from, from South Africa. You were mentioning earlier as well about the accommodation and about the African-style tents under the fig trees, the wild fig trees. That, that yeah. by all accounts, gives you the opportunity to not interact but to be quite close to the elephants because the, the fig trees are actually attractive in the early mornings and the late afternoons. They are indeed, and we have a resident bull. Um, his name is Ben. He's been in camp for years and years, and, and, and everyone knows him very well. Um, and it is quite interesting for guests to be able to have that personal and up-close experience with the elephants that come through the camp. It's mostly Ben. Uh, it sounds quite nice, your own sort of own resident elephant, you know, sort of hovers about yes. there. It's quite fun, actually. <laughs> I actually have quite a funny story. When I was up there previously, Ben was in camp, and um, I, one of the, the ladies that I had accompanied, um, she was petrified of elephants, which I didn't realize at the time. She never mentioned it before the trip. And I escorted her from, from her tent to the dining area, and the camp manager, I mentioned to him that, that she was afraid, and he came through. And Ben was coming closer to the tent, and she was a bit nervous, and she was going to stay in her tent. She wasn't going to come out. So the, the camp manager came down the pathway and said to Ben, Ben, that is enough. He spoke to him like he was a toddler, <laughs> and off Ben toddled back into the bushes to carry on eating his, his um, pigs. So that, I thought that was quite a That's story. very sweet, actually. <laughs> well, he's probably almost become human to everybody there. You know, it's just one of the family, yeah. one like a pet dog, you know, it's a pet elephant. Yes. Oh, that's actually yes, very sweet. Yeah, for them, Lugenda isn't the same without Ben. Oh, that's so sweet, actually. That's really nice. Michelle, it sounds like a wonderful destination, and especially, I mean, it's not, as you said, not just for the birders, who I'm sure make up a large part of the the number of people that come up there, but there's so much yeah. more to see, and the beautiful area and the game drives that you can go and do, and just lots and lots of really nice bush activities. As you said, not possibly for the first-time safari traveler, but if you really love and passionate about the bush, definitely somewhere to put on your bucket list. Anything Definitely. special coming up that people should know about Legenda? Actually, we're, we're looking at putting specific packages together for birders, as well as people who'd like to experience the canoeing safari um, along with the mobile camps. So we'll have rates, special rates for those. And we're also combining a bush and beach um, aspect to Legenda. We have an island um, also close to, to Pemba, the mainland, and we're finding that the bush and beach packages are really popular, particularly with honeymooners who like to experience both. They can't choose between beach or bush. So we combine Legenda with our, one of our private islands up in the Karimbas archipelago, and we've got special rates for that as well. Michelle, that sounds absolutely wonderful, and thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show this evening. It's a pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. I was speaking there with Michelle Abraham, and she does sales and marketing for Rani Resorts, and we were talking about Legenda. It's a wonderful wilderness camp you might like to find out more about. There are two websites. You can either go to www.lugenda, that's L-U-G-E-N-D-A, lugenda.com, or you can look at www.raniresorts.com, and Rani Resorts is R-A-N-I Resorts, so raniresorts.com or lugenda.com. This Thursday on Top Billing, the Guptas host a once-in-a-lifetime Hindu wedding at Sun City. A week-long celebration of traditional music, dance, rituals and decorations comes together in a sacred union and a celebrity-packed extravaganza of a reception. Performers are ready. People are thrown into the lost city for the wedding of the century. Lights, camera action and the stage is set. Don't miss it this Thursday, 8.30, only on Top Billing. Time to travel with Car and Key.
Well, that's it for time to travel for this week. Thank you for joining me this evening, and I'll be back with you on Monday evening next week, just after nine, with the Law Report, when attorney Nicolene Skuman will be joining us for our monthly law clinic. It's the Law Report on Monday the 13th of May. And remember, if you need any information about something you've heard, you can email me on travel at safm.co.za or take a look at the Facebook page, Travel on SAFM.